Hello, everybody. I'm Del Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Del and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Ooh, happy Emerson Collins. Woo! Yes. Okay, y'all, this obviously we're going to talk at the beginning about President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, but also it feels like it's been 74 days since that happened on Saturday. Oh my God, it, it's been, it's been it, there's just been so much. Uh, there's, there's just so, so crazy going on, Emerson. It, the, the nation is going crazy before we could get back to anything. I feel like I have lived a decade since March. Like, I feel like March 18th to 30th was a year. April was a year. May, June, July was a year. It's August, terrible. September was a year. October was four years. The election, between the election and Saturday was like its own decade. I just like, pretty soon, it's somebody's going to write a song about that. Just get this fucking year over. Over. Uh, but finally, some good news. In 2020, Absolutely. finally, some good news. Hey, everybody, come on in. Yes. Well, for everybody that's going to be here, let's be honest. I mean, if we've got that one random person who voted for Trump, you're welcome to share your feelings with us as well. But for everybody else, how was your Saturday? Where were you, Dell? Were you at home? Did you see it happen in real time? No, I had the greatest experience. It was the weirdest thing, Emerson. Sissy Marie, she's okay. I just uh -huh. want to start with that. She's jumped off the bed and she injured her uh, her her left uh, foot and she was limping. And you know, because I'm hysterical Hannah, I had to take her to the vet. So here we hand off the dogs in the parking lot and then you, you get do all the paperwork over the phone, payment and everything. And the vet calls you from inside. So you're just sitting there. So I got CNN because I because Kate Baldwin is like she's refreshing. She is refreshing, and I knew something was up with that Pennsylvania. So at this moment, she's refreshing. The vet calls me and oh, this is going to be all right. And I start hearing honking and screaming all around me at eight thirty in the morning in West Hollywood, and and then all the tweets. I uh, not the tweets. The the text start just pouring into my phone. So anyway, that's how I found out. And when I went home with Sissy and her meds, I drove down Santa Monica Boulevard and I honked all the way and people were screaming that we're up that early and everybody else was like, what the fuck's going on? But um, it was truly, I, I'll never forget where I was and how it all happened. Um, well, y'all, everybody um, first share the broadcast. Hello, welcome, whether you're watching on YouTube, Twitter, Periscope, say hi, um, share the show. And of course, I'm sure it's not a surprise to anyone that's watched us for very long that I was asleep. Um, <laughs> so you were the one that was like hearing the horns and going, what the fuck is going on? You know, like Blake came in and he was like, I feel like you may want to get up. Um, oh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I was like, yes, this is absolutely worth it. Well, because I've been awake. When that SCOTUS decision happened for marriage equality, I was up at the ass crack of dawn, 5 a.m., whatever, ready for that news. But this, I just honestly thought we were going to have to wait so much longer that I was like, and I don't get up unless I have to. Um, so, yes, I got up and it was already, and y'all, we're in, Blake and I are in West Hollywood, right at Crescent Heights in Santa Monica, and you could hear the horns outside the window. I mean, we're literally started the coffee, ran down to the street corner at the end just to like wave at people, people walking by all in our masks, 
we were doing like air elbow bumps to people literally because my precinct, the LA Times told us voted over 90% for Biden. So I felt very safe assuming the people I saw on the street were also as happy as we were. And then Justin Martindale called, we got in the car and we just drove around West Hollywood. He had a Biden-Harris flag oh. um, and waving it out the window, listening to Miley Cyrus party in the USA, Martina McBride, Independence Day, which I know is a song about domestic violence, but to me it's like- <laughs> <laughs> But no Lee Greenwood, God bless the USA, because it was- Oh no, I'm in here. Yo, I do patriotic. You know, that's what's been so hard about no. me with Republicans falling off the deep end. I'm not saying you don't, but I mean, I no, am hard I'm not saying that. You're misunderstanding me. I don't play that song anymore because it means something else that Trump and Lee Greenwood sang it at his inauguration and it became his song. So I oh, said- not that, for me. I just can't. That it. song was so long before Trump. I cry at that song. I can't help it. I don't care. My parents, I don't know if I've told you this, the 4th of July growing up at Astroworld, my parents' church choir sang the patriotic songs at Astroworld, now Six Flags, during the fireworks display. So I know every verse and every harmony to every patriotic song ever written. I just, they speak to my heart. Oh, I wish we had time for you to sing, but we don't. We don't. <laughs> so we drove around West Hollywood. I mean, people were out everywhere. Then we went home. We could still hear it all afternoon. We walked back out again later. Then we came home. Then we could hear it again. Then we walked back out again later, made the close block. I was not going to go down to Robertson because uh, people were real close together. And even in masks, I was like, hell, there's still a pandemic. Yeah, that's what I worried about. I mean, I get the celebration. I get it was like, you know, it, I felt like to me, I, I in fact, I, I tweeted it. I said, this is what it feels like to me. And I put the, that song from The Wiz, Brand New Day. Everybody look around. There's a reason to rejoice, you see. Um, so Can I, you I, feel a brand new day? That, that's a good one for this. It's a really Absolutely. good one. And um, well, I had to teach at 10 o'clock that morning. So there was a very short window that I got to watch things. So you can imagine going into a class I think there were 11 of us who were Biden people, one Trump. So it was a little bit like a little bit uh, frosty. We had to be careful. But I could hear all the way out here in the Hollywood Hills. I could hear down on the boulevard and on Highland just honks and everything. Thank goodness for these. These really work. These air, air bugs. Uh -huh. they, they cancel that noise. But I could still hear through it. Um, yep. Anyway, we're happy, y'all. We're happy. And then we stood outside of Justin's apartment, his lesbian neighbor, and like, and all in safe distance groups, and all watched the speeches at the same time, like right at five o'clock here, literally holding like CNN on various phones so we could be like together but apart. Because I will say, y'all, we cannot be hypocrites about the pandemic. It can't be okay that we all get all together and up on each other because we're excited, you know, about basic human decency, which I get, and then act like other people gathering together for sports ball games or various things is, you know, the end of the world. We cannot be creating super spreader situations in our own enthusiasm. Like we, I, have, I, we can't be hypocrites. I agree wholeheartedly. Well, Rebecca, my daughter Rebecca came over for the speech and Ed Barron brought over, um, some chicken nuggets and McDonald's french fries, which I was a little conflicted about because I felt like that that was also a Trump thing, that McDonald's, and so I, I just had two fries. Uh, but uh, 
<laughs> you feel like McDonald's is a Trump thing? Well, because he always they say he eats McDonald's oh, every okay. day. Well, Lord, if we stop eating at places big bigots enjoy, I could never go to a Cracker Barrel again. Well, yeah, you probably shouldn't. Uh <laughs> the Cracker Barrel themselves have done lots of things about being. Oh no, I know they they turned a corner. They did absolutely. It's um, not their fault that they're like the fancy restaurant for people in places that tend to not be smart enough to not be bigots. Oh um, the founder right, we'll that you call it Cracker Barrel, the fancy restaurant. Um, yeah. Todd said, not thrilled about the Synod. Everyone I donated to lost, but now I'm going to donate to Asaf and Warnock. And Todd, we're going to get into Georgia a little later in the show. But you're right. But here's the way I feel. You know, I watch people saying, look at all that money wasted. Um, well, one, campaign finance reform, we're not going to fall down that rabbit hole at the moment. That's a huge thing we should deal with in our country to make elections more equitable and money more, less money spent and more evenly shared. Uh, but that's a different thing. I don't think it's a waste to donate to people who didn't win or who didn't seem like they could win. Because every time a candidate from your party, a candidate you support does a little bit better, it gives motivation for people to support that candidate in other races. Lots of people run and fail at one race and succeed elsewhere. Pete Buttigieg has failed his way up to a cabinet position, probably. Um, oh, I bet he does. They get name recognition. Um, it encourages people that support the minority party to work even harder the next time. So don't consider any money that you spent or any time that you spent for a candidate that didn't win wasted. I don't believe that's true. Um, but in the celebrations, Ken said it was great seeing everyone celebrate. Uh, John said it's so beautiful. The world is happy for us and feeling hope with Biden. <gasps> yes. Can we talk about the world for a minute? I loved seeing all of the world leaders. Merkel. Macron, Trudeau were some of the first people to congratulate uh, Biden even before uh, Trump had conceded. I mean, now we know he's just not ever going to do that. But I love that the shade of that. That to me is actually shade um, of world leaders basically saying, thank God. And the number of international headlines that said fired, even though he hasn't yeah. conceded, made my heart sing. Oh, me too. Me too. You're fired. You're fired, Donald Trump. We fired your fat ass. Uh, Ricky's going on a date for the first time in 13 years. Good luck, Ricky. And please yeah, report Ricky. back on how it goes. Um, sorry. It jumped. Ken said, the line, they lined up and down Wilton Drive, even in a tropical storm. Like, y'all, uh, we are out doing it. I want to, I'm curious, y'all, and I want to hear what y'all think about this. Um, <laughs> Ricky said, I need a Lottie Moon offering. Uh, <laughs> Leanne, I don't feel I wasted my money on Amy McGrath. Me either, y'all. The more Mitch McConnell had to worry about his race back home, the better. That's a good yeah. idea. Absolutely. Now, you know, Emerson, one thing that I, I did, <laughs> you know, I, I'm still getting hit up by um, uh, candidates and even those who lost who have debts. It's interesting. I got uh, Gina Ortiz Jones and thing that she's eight thousand six hundred dollars in the in the red right now and asked people to help her out. Y'all should ask those real rich people that were close to you for eighty six hundred dollars. Like that's not a to me that's not a send out an email to people after you lost. I didn't give. I was gonna I say I already gave it the office, as they say. Um, now I have a question because, uh, and I feel, and I feel like it's okay, y'all, to not agree on this. And now my opinion is somewhere in the middle. There were a number of people who, on Saturday, um, 
I, I believe Chastin Buttigieg, I may be wrong, Katy Perry, um, a number of people who talked about being kind to Trump supporters in our victory. You know, there were several versions of either reach out to your family members you know uh, supported Trump or consider being gracious in winning. Um, there were sort of blanket statements um, that obviously and understandably received a lot of pushback from some people who said, well, you know, when you have bigots fighting uh, to deny trans people, Black Lives Matter, uh, equality for lots of people, um, racism, uh, I'm not interested in being kind or generous to those people. And no, you can take that and shove it, you know, where the sun don't shine. How did you feel? I felt like it's an individual thing and that I'm, it's not like I'm going to contact every person that I know that voted for Trump because I didn't have dialogue like that. And I didn't. And I remember when when um, when uh, Hillary lost, I got one text from a Republican, one that said, I know you're disappointed today and but I want you to know it is going to be OK. And that's uh, it, I mean, it was meaningful to me. And I wrote her. And I wrote one other person that I care about that was I knew was very troubled. And I, I, and I quoted that person. I said, it meant a lot to me when someone did that to me. So I, so I did it to two people. And um, I think Rick just said, just no. Um, here's my, Ed said, I'll be gracious until January. After that, the gloves are off. And here's my, y'all you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, I am, my personality, who I am is caters more towards consensus building and compromise than, um, than being a firebrand. Um, and my, so my thing is somewhere in the middle. One, I think blanket statements of be kind to Trump supporter, supporters are unproductive and are more denying of the, the pain, fear, and vitriol that many marginalized communities and minority people experienced for the last four years from the worst of Trump supporters. So I think blanket statements are bad. I think that's not helpful. It sounds like you're telling people who have been in pain to like turn the other cheek. Uh, which I don't think is helpful. I do think Biden giving a speech as the leader elected about bringing everyone together, as much as that could feel frustrating to those of us who think you don't need to speak to the bigots and the racists, I think it is good that he as the leader says that. I think other I people in other positions should be holding the bad Republicans accountable, the people who stood by him accountable, the worst of his supporters who were overtly bigoted accountable. That Does that make sense? I think we need to do both. I think Biden shouldn't do it. It is his job to be president of all America. I don't think you should ask marginalized people to turn the other cheek. I do think in my, even in my life, there are people who I know who supported Trump, who I know don't support the worst of his ideas and his policies. You know, they did by voting for him they condone all of those things, so I'm not excusing them. Right. But I do think there are centrist-oriented people who have been on the other side that I can and will continue to have conversations with and engage with and encourage them to to reform their own party as it goes forward. Yeah. Uh, but I do yeah. think you're right. It's an individual decision. And I do think blanket statements are insulting to marginalized people who have been afraid and in pain for so long. Well, the, the, that the, the Republican that I told you that wrote me also said that I will fight for your rights within my party. And that was meaningful to me because I felt like, OK, that's what you that's what you have to do if you don't agree with uh, all of this shit that is in your platform that is anti-gay or or, you know, 
anti-women, whatever, you know. And it goes along with also that all of us, certainly all of us here, plan to hold the Biden-Harris administration accountable for the things they promise to do. We will talk about it when they do things we think are wrong, and we will push them to do and be better. Um, Ken said, not going out of my way to be nice, but trying not to be mean, time to move on. I think that is great, Mm -hmm. Um, a great attitude. And Rick said, I agree, the leader should set that example. Um, Erica said, most Republicans on my feed are still snoozed. And that's okay too. Also, I'm not saying no one should be going to find random Trump supporters to talk to. This is specifically No, that's right. Well, my, my, my daughter yeah. and my ex-wife were saying today in a thread, I, I think, I don't think it's, um, I'm betraying anything that they were having to unfriend a lot of people on Facebook because it's gotten so vile after the election. Yeah, uh, well, with, like with re- some relatives. Um, and Travis, it's hard to support the people leading the Republican Party. Oh, I don't think any nobody that's leading the Republican Party right now is worthy of support, conversation, or discussion. The fact that only four senators, I think, now have come out and acknowledged Biden as president-elect, like bullshit, is happening over there. Jeff, most don't even know what his policies are. I mean, there is that as well. So, um. I think going in with our eyes wide open is good. I think keeping accountable, like watching what the bar's doing over there, um, you know, let's not lose our heads, walk crazy, but very, keep an eye on making sure nothing crazy happens. And also, yeah. I gave you the first one. Because I know. A very fun thing did happen on Saturday. That I'm was sure very generous that. of you. That was very generous of you because I honestly cannot stop laughing at the pictures. It's one of the most entertaining parts of the weekend was – Trump tweeting that there would be a big press conference at the Four Seasons Philadelphia. Okay, laugh, laugh, laugh. Go ahead, because you all know. And there they were at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping, a groundskeeping company between a crematorium and a sex shop at the edge of the city. So not glamorous. Uh, Rudy, crazy Rudy Giuliani had a press conference about baseless claims over fraud, uh, voter fraud. And during the press conference, a reporter told Giuliani that thanks to the vote count in Pennsylvania, the election had been called for Joe Biden and Giuliani replied, don't be ridiculous. Now the landscaping company is selling merch, (laughs) including stickers that say, make America rake again and uh, lawn and order. Uh, The sex shop next door, the Fantasy Island adult bookstore has a mediocre Yelp Review. I, I mean, I was thinking about that. Their dildos are just too small. I just wonder what the what, what, what the is the problem? Say. Yeah, and and boasts the motto: dildos are great, vibrators are fun, but nothing can beat the mighty tongue. Woo. Okay. The store's owner, uh, Zarif Jacob, told a reporter from De Facto Media that he didn't understand why the president of the United States was holding a press conference right next to his sex shop. The retired architect said he lost. He knows he lost. He also didn't appreciate the sudden swarm of media gathering around outside of his business, complaining that they were taking up all the spaces in the parking lot and potentially scaring off uh, the uh, customers seeking discretion like the local Baptist deacons. Oh, he didn't say that. I just made that. (laughs) Just a little add-on. Just a little bonus. I know, uh, like that joyful absurdity, I feel like encapsulates the entire last four years. It goes back to why I didn't really believe there was some like insane like Russian connection with the Trump administration. I was like, these are morons who don't understand basic government functioning 
And like no one could tell him the Four Seasons is not available. So they just found a Four Seasons 20 miles outside of the city and said, yeah, we'll make that work. It had to go because it had already been released to the press. So they had and to do it. it was called while Rudy was standing up there. I kept thinking, you know, tomorrow, what are we going to get? But like Tiffany Trump presents at the Waldorf window treatments in a story right. acquaintance. <laughs> He was like, wasn't he like by some bucket or something? I mean, it was like, like Tiffany Trump at the Waldorf Astoria. <laughs> oh, y'all, I, I, I giggle. Your Carrie texted me because I, I, when I was posting about it, she said, I laugh every time I hear it. Yeah, it is. So it is like, I don't know. It's like that thing where you, when you feel like everyone's finally like you, where we've all thought, am I the one? Am I the one whose brain is doesn't work for the last four years as things happen day after day after day after day that were at least violating hatch acts and vaguely illegal and just saying things politicians can't and don't say. This was like, no, no, no. It's them. It's them, not us. It is. It's, I'm so glad that you would. Caroline have that text relationship. She thinks your sense of humor is the best. She is her. Oh, boy. we have always. I mean, her fiance. Her fiance. God. Oh, I know. Oh, well, we get. I mean, I love them. I love them. I mean, all yeah. my heart. But yes, anytime absurdity. It's like, and also it's late night. You know, she and I will have yeah. like a late night moment. Right. Mm. So that was the joyful, um, delirious end of Rudy Giuliani ever mattering again. Um, but obviously, as we move forward. One of the exciting things about them taking on the mantle as the um, as the elect team is the ability of the Biden-Harris campaign and team to finally start talking. And we heard immediately that they were preparing for this transition. Y'all, they have built a website, you know, like the Trump administration deleting things from websites, you know, all along, wherever. You want to check out, in case you don't know, buildbackbetter.com is the transition website. And they just immediately listed four key priorities, COVID-19, economic recovery, racial equity, climate change. Also been discussion of likely executive orders day one to rejoin the Paris Climate Accords, reverse the withdrawal from the World Health Organization, repeal the Muslim ban, reinstate DACA, and reverse rollback of like 100 Obama era environmental rules. And we'll be watching also for them to quickly address the trans military ban. I mean, and then yesterday already announced, here's seven brilliant scientists, epidemiologists, virologists as a part of the COVID-19 team. And what are we gonna do? Ask them what's the best way to deal with this. And then we're gonna do that. I mean, 48 hours and like, we're gonna undo like half the things he did. He's gonna have such a stack. He's just gonna have a stack of papers for executive orders to sign that first day. I mean, I want him to get to that like wrist cramp. I mean, all the way. Oh, he was gonna say, Kamala, please just hold my just hold my wrist right here so I can finish. Or uh-huh. um, well, also, oh, did you yeah. see? Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you see that Cindy McCain today joined his um his uh what's it called the, the transition the team, team the transition team uh uh-uh. yeah yeah be like and that's great but I do want to say I hope as they get because there's been several oh this could be the cabinet list. They do need to be more concerned with addressing the concerns of progressives than making sure that there are Republicans in the administration so people feel like bipartisan stuff is happening. There is a danger they need to avoid of being like, because some people's lists had like Mitt Romney and various people in the cabinet. I was like, you can work with Republicans without giving them jobs. Like we told all the progressives they needed to get on board and vote for Biden. And it, we need to be sure we look left before we look right. I just, I hope that we they need, are. Bernie needs a job. Bernie needs I mean, something. 
Well, you know, like AOC did a big interview where she talked about, I've tried for two years to deal with progressive things and sort of been shunted aside and told no, and they all bit their tongues and supported and voted on the basis of being heard. And it will be a huge mistake to not listen to progressives more than you listen to the Republicans you want to work with to pass legislation. That's absolutely. I hope they know that. I just, I love it. Um, okay. Well, and continuing our victory lap. <laughs> Did you? Oh, oh, oh! It's my turn. It is, is it my turn. Oh, I just, just flew right through that. I was. I felt like that was more of a conversation than a story. Okay. Uh, uh -huh. So the Christian conservatives. We got to talk about them because, as you might expect. They are some of them, not all of them, but some of them are being hypocrites and grifters, taking the election results just badly and are asking God to intervene uh, on Trump's behalf. Because you saw how well Pat Robertson's vision and uh, that other Paula White, uh, her prayer, how, uh -huh. how well that helped. Well, now we've got uh, former Republican uh, Michelle uh what, what was she? What did she run for? I can't even remember. So she was, was just, I believe she wasn't she a representative of Wisconsin or something? Oh, she's the rep of rep of Wisconsin. Okay, so somewhere. she's not a former Republican. She is a. Uh, she was. She's very much a Republican. She uh, did her best uh, Paula White impersonation in a video where she prayed to God. I ask, oh God, that you would take your iron rod and I ask that you would smash the clay jar of deceit in America, smash the clay jar of delusion in the United States of America, smash the delusion, father, of Joe Biden as our president. He is not. Uh, she went out to ask for lots more smashing. Should have smashed the delusion of Trump. Uh, the news seemed to destroy the sanctity of televangelist uh, Kenneth uh, Copeland, who aggressively laughed for over 30 seconds. Oh, my God. I could not stop laughing at the insanity of this laughter that they do at the idea that Biden won the election. Before we show you the video, you have to know that holy laughter is a practice by evangelical and charismatic churches where participants claim that uh, the Holy Spirit takes over their bodies and causes them to laugh with pure joy. It's not organic laughter. It's just, ha, 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 It's terrifying. Um, wait, before we show that, because I don't, Michelle Bachman talking about a steel rod. Uh-huh. I just I, I don't I don't feel like I need to go further than that because you know I try not to be one of those people that says look at that homosexual, but that Dorothy she was married to. I'm just Marcus. Saying. His name is Marcus. Calling him calling him Dorothy is wrong. I know Stop it is. misgendering Marcus. And I try not to be that person, but Lord. Oh, okay. I, 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 I don't mind you being that person. I believe I was the one who wrote there's been a cock up in that mouth. I guarantee you. You did. All right, well, here is Kenneth for everyone to enjoy if you missed it somehow. The media said what? <laughs> the media said Joe Biden's president. Did you notice they gave the one close up of the audience to the only black man that was there? Yes. 
I mean, of course, pander. Now, I have to say that after spending two months watching classic horror films that I had never seen before, that is the most terrifying thing I have watched this year. And I went to an evangelical church growing up, and I had never seen this spiritual laughter before. I, I've never seen that spiritual laughter. I've I, seen people get the church giggles. I've seen people <laughs> turn. I have certainly had the church giggles, but... <laughs> <laughs> Never, that, that was insane. I mean, that was insane. I mean, it is genuinely, genuinely. That Erica, that mouth is huge. I know. I was tempted <laughs> to learn to lip sync it like a drag queen because I feel like I could just make a TikTok video that was just me lip syncing that. Um, because it is just so terrifying. Oh, Emerson, I feel I don't, don't I, TikTok, aren't you a little old for TikTok? Weren't you the weren't you saying that they came after you saying you're too old to be on TikTok? Yes. Oh yes, they called me an old <laughs> older white homeless an older white gay, an elder statesman. <laughs> um now, oh, oh, uh, this must this is probably from yours. Jerry said, I myself have supported you in so many ways. Need you to even have politics statements on your posts is very unnecessary. I love you and your work, but please love and respect your support. I love and re respect my support. I don't love and respect the lack of support for my rights, Jerry. I don't love and support people who vote against me and the work that I've done. So if you know my work, the way you say you know my work, you know that I have fought very hard for your rights as a gay man. So this makes me angry at you and be, be my guess to fucking unfollow me if that is your problem with my politics because I will never shut up because I have never shut up in many, many years that you say you have supported me. And if you really support me, you would know that this is my voice. So PS, fuck you. I had somebody on Instagram the other day on my like, I voted, it was just my I voted sticker and hashtag for Biden, I voted for Biden Harris. And she was like, unfollowing, thought you were a leader of the LGBT community. And I was like, well, first of all, I'm not a leader of anything. But second of all, where have you been that this was news to you today? I mean, that's just, that's insane that someone, I'm sorry I get so, I got so riled at that. I guess it's a lot of pin up. I, I've been getting a lot of those letters, quite frankly, Emerson, uh, select this week. And so I've been thinking actually of writing a complete statement about it. And say, yeah, you can laugh at sordid lives. You can laugh at the light stuff. But when I get political and which is in my work, which is in Southern Baptist sissies, which is in a very sordid wedding, really, I, don't, I am down to my last fuck trying to, to accommodate people who say they are my fans and that I should not be political because that is who I am. And I am not telling you not to be who you are some bullshit Trump supporter who has gone after every marginalized community, including the LGBT. And if you don't believe it, go to HRC's website and see what the Trump administration and Mike Pence have said about you, Jerry, if you're still with us. Yep. It's like, also, are you new? That's all, That's just my answer to everything now. I'm like, are you new? Did you somehow just arrive here? Um, yeah. All right, we can, I'm sorry, we can go on. Oh, please, no, that's important. And also like, I, it is, uh, here's the thing, you know, as much as you joke about, you do engage with people, you do have conversations with people, you aren't, you don't go to that until they come to you like that. So, you know, we make space for conversation. 
And, and, no. and how, how dare anybody think that anybody, anybody that is an artist or an actor does not deserve a voice too. We are not just your monkeys on a chain. We are not just your puppets. That's not who we are. And it's certainly never been who I am in my work. And I mean, have you ever seen one of my stand-ups? Come on. Okay. Is that, is that the PS? I'm done. Done. We could continue. Don't worry. Rob said, he reminds me of that crazy preacher from Poltergeist, the one who kept the souls in bondage. I mean, it is just terrible. I don't know how you go to that church and just say and say, oh yeah, uh -huh, this is how people have to have conversations. Um, all right. And in other fun people trolling, because I'm just living for everybody having a little bit of fun at uh, you know, some bigots' expenses. One of the earliest responses from the MAGA grifter crowd, including that QAnon-believing newly elected Georgia rep, was to promote the idea of stop the steal, elections being stolen, because they believe, or they at least want their fan base and followers to believe the election being stolen. Well, a Facebook group with that new name made news as a part of a purge of groups and pages spreading false information. After the original group was removed, another stop the steal group was formed, and within hours, they had over 64,000 Trump supporters who didn't realize they were late to this post-election pity party. Well, then the admin of the group changed the name of the group to this. I want you to see. They changed it to say, Gay Communists for Socialism. Well, the troll worked very well over the weekend as members did not take the updated group title well. The backlash began immediately with people questioning why the name had changed and angrily demanding they be removed from the group. And then the news about the bait and switch hit Twitter and everybody had a big sort of fun giggle because lots of them did not understand that the that a group name had been changed. They just thought suddenly someone had added them to this gay communist for socialism group. And I appreciate whoever did that because that's hilarious. It is very, very funny. It's it's just taking it all one step further. Oh my well, god! Because I just want to go. You know, we're gonna have to deal with this like dumb people that have been fooled by bad news and bad leaders. You know, who really did buy into that idea. You know, if you can be fooled, how far a field a field can you be led? Uh, we have reached the midpoint of our show. We do this do this to share the LGBTQ news and lots of nonsense today because we've had some serious shows for a while. Um, and if you enjoy it and you have some funds and you want to donate and support our ability to do this, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal uh, to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. Thank you to Leanne and Jiggs who have already done so today. We appreciate y'all support. And if you can't, they, don't worry about it. Did I scare people off? Is there anybody left? <laughs> uh, yeah, we still got some people hanging in. Thank you. I was like, there's a, oh my God. Let's be uh, everybody else here, I think, because I feel like we know everybody by name at this point knows exactly what to expect here. Yes, well, I was not quite expecting that. I did not expect that reaction. I did not. I just. Well, I, but, but I also not. think it speaks to the patience people have had for so long and that the sense of relief, had, you know, is, is a, a lot of people's feelings are sitting really close to the surface. And, you know, bigots, be warned. 
Well, and what it does, and, and you know, and yes, we will move on. It, 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 for me, it just says, you're not, you know, all I want from you is I just want you to make me laugh with your light little comedy. I don't want you to be who you authentically are. And I worked really hard in being who I am. So many years, I did not love who I am. And I do love who I am, my authentic self. So this is part of me. Take it or leave it. Um, yeah. All right. So we Let's got uh, that next one and let me get us back. Um, okay, go. The uh, sub and uh, something to really be aware of, and not in a bad way, but since that, we'll we'll get more news on that soon, probably, so he can he can say. Yeah, um, that's a good story. Yeah. As many celebrate the Biden Harris win, uh, events will continue to occur to, that remind us that many people, especially LGBTQ people of color, are still at risk for facing excessive force or brutality at the hands of law enforcement. A gathering organized by queer and trans people of color in New York for the last five months called We Choose Freedom. It's happened for five months. They started at Stonewall and usually end in Union Square. It's a protest and the events are usually peaceful, jubilant rallies described as reminiscent of a pride march or a holiday outing. Well, last Thursday, two days after the election, the NYPD made several arrests and charged the crowd using their bikes to forcefully push crowds of people together onto sidewalks. At the very front, trying to reason with police officers was New York City's own elected public advocate, Jumani Williams. According to Gay City News, activist and co-organizer Joel Rivera told the crowd, we have a lot of police presence here, the most I've ever seen in the past 21 weeks, but we are going to march. If they do or when they do attack us, we will link arms, we will not run away. Well, someone reached toward the line of officers and their handmade contact with an officer's helmet. And just like that, she too, Rivera, was arrested and later charged with possession of a bullhorn. That's the charge. Tackled by, she said, by I don't know how many officers while in a gown and heels. She said, I had a bike on top of me. I was just in, tame, in pain. On Instagram afterward, Rivera alleged that attendees were targeted and attacked by the NYPD. They come out to instigate, but our sense of community is stronger than their gay tactics. Act Up New York member Jason Rosenberg, we did a story on him earlier in the summer, who in the earlier protest was bloodied by the police, uh, said this was NYPD's planned attack against a black trans organizer, I have no doubt. Once arrest started, public advocate Shumani Williams made his presence clear. He urged the police to remain calm, but videos show the NYPD ignored him and continued to use their weapons and bicycles to make attendees disperse, even those that seemed tried to try to follow their direction. Officers eventually turn and shove Williams with bikes as onlookers scream, oh my God, and stop. 19 attendees were booked by the police that night. Eight received summons, 10 with desk appearance tickets. The New York Times called this a reprise of the anti-protest brutality that the NYPD exhibited this summer. Mayor Bill de Blasio was asked about it. He said he didn't have any information on that. Despite the fact that New York's public advocate, Jumani Williams, was there, in addition to his own press secretary's attendance at a protest the night before. When pressed by a caller, he would only say that if people feel there is militarism coming from the NYPD, he would step in. So I wanna show you Joel Rivera just to acknowledge the work uh, that she is doing and has been leading this for five weeks. And y'all, it is a reminder that winning this election was important, but it is only the beginning of the work. We don't change systemic racism. We don't change uh, systemic racism in police enforcement. Uh, by simply changing who is in office, we have to change the laws, the training, and the work, and we have to hold ourselves accountable to stay engaged 
just like these members of our community are doing on a daily basis. Mm. So, yes. And it and that you know the NYPD that's been frustrated with people calling to cut their budget and all this stuff. And I would imagine there's Trump supporters in the ranks. Like we have to do the work and we have to show up and support the people like Joel Rivera who are doing the work uh, as well. So absolutely, great story. Um, well, we've got another anti-evangelist uh, story, uh, anti-gay evangelist, I should say. Reverend Irwin Baxter Jr. was the founder of End Time Ministries. You know, Emerson, when I saw that in Time Ministries, I, you know, I always want to become the secretary, the old Southern secretary. In Time Ministries, how uh -huh. may I direct your call? The reference yeah. not in right now. Anyway, he's the host of the television program End of the Age, which reaches 100 million households in North America and millions and millions of more across the globe. In March, he blamed the sin of fornication. He talks kind of like this. For the COVID-19 pandemic, he said, there are 7.5 million couples living together in the United States. This is not worldwide, just in America. This means that 15 million people that are living together unmarried. He was a major Trump supporter. Then he launched into an anti-gay tirade before adding that only 5% of the new brides in America now are virgins. That means that 95% have already committed fornication. He's also teaching math. You know, if we think we can just ignore God and have a live a sinful lifestyle, well, we cannot do it. You know, I believe in what you're saying that God may be using this as a wake up call. This coronavirus may be a privilege because I'll tell you right now, there's a much bigger judgment coming. It's in the Bible. Well. This week, End Time Ministries announced that Baxter died in the hospital on November 3rd, just a few days after testing positive for the coronavirus. He was 75 years old. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, he can't and, have my thoughts and certainly none of my prayers. And in time. <laughs> this is the As complete. In you know, time um, is complete. What I'm going to say about this, I feel like I maybe I've shared this. You know, I look at people in your life, right? The people you love. I describe people with a bus analogy. The people I truly love, the people that if a bus were hurtling towards them in the street, I would push them out of the way and step in front of the bus and let it hit me instead of them. Those are the people I love. The people I care about, that if the, I would get, reach out and yank them towards the curb, I'd put myself in some danger to get them out of safety. There's people I like that I'd be like, hey, there's a bus. You move, <laughs> you know, run, or to help them. This falls into the category of I would stand there, check my fingernail. I wouldn't drive that bus, but I sure wouldn't say anything either. I believe that we wrote a character that does that every now and then. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness. And then, there, you know. I used to say, and there's no one that I would actually drive the bus for, and I'll try to keep that to be true. Not always success. <laughs> anyway, just saying, um, you reap what you sow. That's biblical. Mm -hmm. Moving on, in genuinely fun, <laughs> excited, unrelated news, um, I want to, some of you may know her work. I have enjoyed uh, a bunch of it myself. Uh, but if not, meet Lashana Lynch. 
Huge news in the world of James Bond as out actor Lashana Lynch has been confirmed that she will be the new 007 in the James Bond universe. She will play Nomi, a black lesbian secret agent in the long running franchise. The rumor is that Bond dies at the end of the upcoming film, No Time to Die, and passes the, 00, the 007 title to Nomi. The rumors started over a year ago, and of course you can imagine, as they often do, Racist, bigoted, trolling attacks started from fans who just could not imagine 007 not being a vaguely and overt, sometimes overtly misogynistic white man. Um, I don't have that problem. Without confirming the news, she did say in an interview in response to those attacks, she said, it doesn't dishearten me. It makes me feel quite sad for some people because their opinions, they're not even from a mean place. They're actually from a sad place. It's not about me. People are reacting to an idea which has nothing to do with my life. I am one black woman. If it were another black woman cast in the role, it would have been the same conversation. She would have got the same attacks, the same abuse. I just have to remind myself that the conversation is happening and that I'm a part of something that will be very, very revolutionary. We're moving away from toxic masculinity and that's happening because women are being open, demanding and vocal and calling out misbehavior as soon as we see it. Also, in crafting her character, Lynch said she collaborated with scriptwriter Phoebe Waller-Bridge who is a certifiable genius, to ensure Nomi was not just a too slick cast iron figure. I searched for at least one moment in the script where black audience members would nod their heads, tutting at the reality, but glad to see their real life represented. So she's fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Um, and you know, uh, we rewatched some of the Bond movies in my early mental health, I can't watch the news journey. And I was, like, I know there's like vague misogyny in Bond and then it became like tongue in cheek misogyny. But early on, it is jaw dropping, almost comically, how misogynistic it is. Just like women are just smacking on the ass. They're definitely just play things. And you're like, oh my God, that's just there in that movie. We've made some progress. We have we made some progress. Uh, I love this. And, wait, and before, before, and before, and because John just said it. And you know, John, Sean Connery did just die in the past week at 90 yeah, years old. Yeah. That same thing, the, the OG, sure. who I've certainly loved in many, many things beyond uh, 007 as well. Absolutely, yes, RIP. Uh, so in, uh, this is a really beautiful story. I loved it so much. It's a different kind of celebration. Uh, meet Robert Carter. He's 29 year old stylist, openly make gay man in Cincinnati, Ohio. He took the extraordinary step uh, last month of adopting five children, all ages, uh, 10 or under, all at once. There they are, there's the new family. And um, Carter grew up in foster care and he's always felt that the sting of separation from his siblings. Uh, Robert had been one of nine children and was separated from his siblings when they entered foster care. He wouldn't see some of his siblings again for 14 years. He said, I've always known I wanted to adopt because I grew up in a foster in foster care myself. He became a foster parent in December 2019, taking in three brothers from the same family, Robert Jr., Giovanni, and Keontae. Uh, then he learned that they had two sisters placed elsewhere in foster care. He immediately set up a date for the boys to reunite with their sisters, Mariana and Michaela, for an afternoon play date. He said the kids saw each other and started hugging and crying and, it, and wouldn't let go. <laughs> that was the moment I said, okay, I'm gonna take all five. 
At the end of the October, a judge approved the adoption, making him a father of five children. Of the challenges, he says, a lot of people think it's hard if you're uh, by yourself or don't have a house, but it's a lot easier than people think it's going to be. And kids need parents, whether it's two or one. After it was finalized, I just cried because it was over and I didn't have to worry about if they were going to be moved or if any of them would suffer anymore. I woke up the next day feeling relieved at peace and blessed to have these kids. Uh, Carter or someone on his behalf actually has set up a GoFundMe campaign to help cover the expenses of the adoption and to buy a home for the family. There, the goal is 50, 150,000. I actually donated today and it was already up to 127,000. And that was this morning when you sent me the, the script for this. So I bet you it's, it, he's going to surpass that 150 and he will have a house for these five children. Isn't that just, a, oh. some I people are better. They're, they're better than me, y'all. They're people that are much better. Well, and I put the link in the chat so you can click on it there. It's also down below, but it's a difficult one uh, to, to, to suss out. But for anybody watching it later, you can write down the GoFundMe short link there uh, as well. It made me think of our good friends, Jamie Aber and Alec Mappa, you know, who fostered their son and then adopted him as well. And, and how many people who grow up in the system often go on to be the people helping get other kids. Uh, oh, I have... I have these fans who have become friends in uh, in uh, North Carolina, uh, no Kentucky. I'm sorry, Ted and Derek, and they. I think they have seven now, and I have adopted. And the same thing. It was they kept finding out about another sibling, so they would bring. They 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 kept adding them to the family. Amazing. All right. Well, over in Georgia, we uh, we talked about we are going to keep paying attention to what to do here, um, and the election. All eyes are turning. Uh, down there for the two runoffs between David Perdue and John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock and Kelly Loeffler. And y'all, because the Libertarians are more likely to vote for the Republican in the runoff, they need help registering uh, new voters. Uh, we've talked a lot about Stacey Abrams and the women that she works with at Fair Fight in Georgia that have done incredible work registering, educating voters and fighting for election reform and against voter suppression. You can check out that website in the link below. Um, and contribute to them, obviously contribute directly to the candidates. I'm getting uh, texts daily from both Ossoff and Warnock because they have until December 7th to register new voters, which will be really helpful. And then December 14th, early in-person voting starts. So it is coming on fast and they need all the help that we can give them uh, because that controls the Senate and we need to win both to have control of the House, although Joe Manchin was on Fox News already talking about how he's basically going to act like a Republican, but one problem at a time. Um, so support both of them, anything you can do, and we'll keep sharing info about what we can do there. But Fair Fight is a great organization that works at a lot of different levels supporting both of those candidates. So yes, and then we have some uh, trans news, which is good, a uh, little victory a uh, fun victory for the trans community as the most recent Apple update added the blue, pink, and white trans pride flag emoji. Andrew, Android uh, users have had them since last year. All you do, just update your phone and there it will be. Yes. Um, Michael said, I donated to both Georgia guys, John and Raphael. Absolutely. And y'all, I'm giving a little bit of money. Um, and I, I, I literally text back. I was like, yes. And I signed up to volunteer. How do we get into the like text bank and the phone banks? And uh, Ossoff's campaign 
has phone banks daily that you can sign up to volunteer for on his website. Which uh, so uh, Raphael is the one you said was kind of said he was going to act like a Republican. Is that no, 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 no. Joe Manchin is a totally different senator. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got mixed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. No, Joe Manchin is a conservative Democrat. We'll fall okay. down that. I was hurrying to try to get us back to that other story. Um, he's unrelated. Well, let me explain since we got in. Joe Manchin was on Fox News talking about how he won't support court packing or stopping the filibuster, um, basically making Fox News viewers aware that if it ends up a 50-50, Joe Manchin is the most conservative Democrat, will basically have control of Democrat policy, but we will cross one bridge at a time on the journey. We've got to get to 50-50 before it matters, uh, keeping all the Democrats on board for the vote. Oh, look, um, I don't think we can see it. You can't really see the flag because I don't think StreamYard operates them the same, but you can see the trans symbol and then the flag in an iOS operating system will be uh, the pink, blue, and yellow flag. Um, and Danielle put it up as yeah, well. Yeah, it's not coming up. Um, okay. We rushed a little along because the craziest thing happened today on Twitter that is meaningless and not important and absolutely hysterical. Um, Dean Browning ran for office in Pennsylvania. He is a, a, a white man. You will see him right here. Dean Browning, the former Lehigh County Commissioner, a proud pro-life and pro-Second Amendment Christian conservative dedicated to enacting common sense solutions to keep America great. Well, this morning, Dean Browning tweeted this. I am a black gay guy, and I can personally say that Obama did nothing for me. My life only changed a little bit, and it was for the worse. Everything is so much better under Trump, though. I feel respected, which I never do when Democrats are involved. Oh my. My This my, white my, man my, my. tweeted that he is a black gay man. Now, for those of you who have, who have lives and might not understand exactly what happened here, um, it became immediately clear that he has multiple Twitter accounts, and one of them is the fake character of a black man who plays the role of a gay guy in order to tweet at various people. It's called a sock puppet account. Um and that he meant to tweet that from that other account and tweeted it from his real personal account. And then it took him five hours to realize he had done it, which means he doesn't have any close friends to text him and say, oops, because here's the rest of it. Now, here we can see what he was responding to is his own tweet. He had treated what Trump built in four years, Biden will destroy in four months. Someone else tweeted, you mean what Obama built in eight years? Trump trying to take credit for the first three years. Trump destroyed in three months with help from the Trump virus. Biden now has to rid the country of the Trump virus. Stay away from drugs, Dean. You're clearly high. So then he meant to tweet this from his black gay guy account. And oh forgot. my God. Oh my God. <laughs> well, he finally deleted it. And then the excuse he came up with was regarding the tweet that is going viral from my account. I was quoting a message that I received earlier this week from a follower. Sorry if my context was not clear. Trump received record minority votes and record LGBTQ votes. Many people won't say it vocally, but do in private. So he's trying to play it off that he was responding with a comment from a black gay guy who sent him a message. I mean, that's a good swing. It's not the worst bad explanation I've ever heard, as long as you don't think too long about it. 
I mean, oh. Dean, y'all, I mean, they literally found his other account because you can uh, search people's names and it is still trending. Uh, the other name, let's see, I bet I can find it over here real fast. Um, it was like Dan Purdy, I think. Yeah, Dan Purdy is the other account and people immediately like found it where he intended to tweet. I mean, one, it's hilarious. Two, it's awful that there have been, and there are people on all sides that make fake accounts to troll people. This is not exclusively Republican. There are liberals who have gotten trouble for tweeting something that they meant to treat from their fake account. And I just think, how much free time do you have? I just don't, I'd be scared. I'd be scared. I don't have any fake accounts. I don't have any, I, I mean, I get in trouble on iMessage sometimes. I, I, I send the wrong message to the wrong person. You've probably been uh, guilty. Uh, of that. Oh, I once talked about somebody on my, just being a little shitty one night, honestly, about somebody that I knew. And I meant on MySpace and meant to send it to a friend, but I sent it to another mutual friend that is closer to the person I was talking about. And I had to delete my entire MySpace account in that very moment in order to have the message removed from that person's inbox. It taught me a very important lesson. Do wow. not send something you would not say to that person's face. Right. Yeah. Which is not much for me. Um, well, that, I mean, that is, you know, and that's much more where the, the, the place I have grown to as well. But every once in a while, I have definitely vented before where I'm like, I don't really mean this. And I need to say like the shitty version to a friend right now yeah. so I can go back and say the reasonable thing to the person. Um, but man, playing the role of a black gay guy just to like shit on liberals. Yeah. A lot of work. It's a lot of work, a lot of work. He is being oh. properly roasted. You want to read this last one? Cause it's just a little information and I'll share the. Oh, oh, is it, so as the hol holidays march towards us, uh, old uh, town road singer, Little Nas X uh, released a commercial teaser for his new song, Holiday. There's a clear reference to Tim Allen's The Santa Claus Movie with a cameo we will not spoil. Um, wait, oh, dang it. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I, uh, here we go. I had, I had checked the trends. Here he is. Starting in the Old Town Road. Drunk Santa. We like Drunk Santa. You are the new Santa, like the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. Oh. Hey. Yeah. Wait for it. Whatever you do, Nas, don't go to 2020. I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's so amazingly iconic that, like, of course, Back oh. to the Future 3 was set in the Old West and he got Michael J. Fox to appear in the outfit. I oh, love it so much. I do too. I love it so much. Yes. Um, uh, and also, I love that he's like leaning into his campy and his queerness in his country world, that, that Nicki Minaj Halloween costume he did. Like, I just love him. He makes me smile. Me too. Well, this has been an interesting show, Emerson Collins. Uh, we, got, yes. we got some celebrations going. I lost my shit. And, Absolutely. Uh, yep. um, we'll keep an eye on the nonsense that's happening, but we also, it was fun to share 
you know, with some other people, some bigot hypocrite pain and smile together. Uh, we hope you all are well, uh, breathing a little deeper, right? After four years. Yes, and 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 I have to say, given that little rant I did, I, I want to say how much I appreciate all of you, all of you who do understand my work and who do who do appreciate my voice. I was able to read some of the comments, so thank you for that. And um, I am very lucky to have a career because of you. Absolutely, uh, both. I, and I'm because I would mine is already like one step from that. But when for you, I wouldn't have one. And to wrap it up one more time, we'll say uh, if you want to send us a tip. Thank you. We appreciate it. We enjoy it. On Venmo, at Emerson Collins, or on PayPal, to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. Remember to take breaks, breathe a little bit, and start looking for the next places that you can uh, work to help us achieve all of our community's goals. Bye now! <laughs>